You're listening to Bunker Labs Presents, a crash course in small business finance, a limited edition podcast series featuring subject matter experts from the Bunker community to discuss what you need to know about finance in order to set yourself up for success from day one. This series is brought to you by our partners at Intuit, the global technology platform that helps business owners of all shapes and sizes to achieve financial confidence. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, host of the Transition Podcast and voice of the bunker. In episode two of our five-part series, we'll continue where we left off, this time breaking down the three financial statements, which include the income statement, more commonly referred to as your profit and loss, the balance sheet, and the statement of cash flow. Joining me is Bunker Labs ambassador and tax strategist, Nisla Love, founder and CEO of Choose Love Solutions, an accounting firm that helps small business owners save money through tax strategies. Nisla is someone who I've come to know and trust over the years through our relationship in the bunker. She holds a master's degree in taxation, is a certified tax coach, and is an enrolled agent, enrolled to represent taxpayers before the Internal Revenue Service. Needless to say, she knows what she's talking about. In addition to discussing the three financial statements, she shares insights on finding a good financial aid team, which includes accountants and bookkeepers, as well as other insights and tax strategies she's learned along the way. You can find Nisla's contact information in the show notes. As always, we don't have all the answers this series, but we can point you in the right direction. So make sure you're tuned in and paying attention. Nisla, thanks for coming on the series with us today. Thank you for having me. You know, when we were putting this together, I thought it would be great to reach out to SMEs within the Bunker Labs ecosystem, such as yourself, because you really understand um, the entrepreneurs that we're serving. You've been a part of the ecosystem and you understand the challenges they face with regards to this financial piece of starting and scaling up their businesses. It could be a challenge, but the key is not to do it alone by yourself. That's right. And so for today, we're going to be talking about the three financial statements, amongst other things. Before we get into that, I would love for you to actually formally introduce yourself to our listeners and what you do at Choose Love Solutions. Well, thank you, Mike, for having me again. My name is Nissa Love. I am the founder and CEO. Sounds really nice, but at the end of the day, I would like to be your friend when it comes to doing your taxes. So with Choose Love Solutions, we do it a little bit different. We help you save money legally. I was going to say legally in your pocket when it comes to tax planning and tax preparation. So the key thing is to help take advantage of all the tax credits, tax deductions. So that way, you, not only you're being compliant with the IRS and the states, but also you're able to have money that you can do things and expand or just build a, a legacy for your family or your business. So for these small business owners that are tuning in, they hear about these financial statements. Everyone tells them that, you know, you got to have your income statement, your balance sheet, your statement of cash flow. And like people, most people do not go to business school and learn this stuff. So I'm hoping, I'm looking forward to you shedding some light on it for us. Okay. So the first thing you always want to do is your income, your income statement, your profit and loss. That is going to be your basic, what's coming in, what's coming out. You know, if you're just starting out, you could basically, people do the notebook, do the spreadsheet, do the Excel. Then as you graduate, 
you may want to have help. I would always say set yourself for success by getting the help and establish it. There are so many programs or individuals that can help you along the way where it doesn't have to break the bank for you to be successful. Because the key thing is you want to have that in place so that way when it's time to expand your business, you are ready to have that document because it's going to be vital for you to have. So the first document we need is the income statement. Yes. And that's going to tell you how much you're spending and how much is coming in. For example, if you're just starting a business and you're bringing in $1,000 a month, you want to know how much expenses are going out. Are you really seeing a profit? Now, most of the time starting a business, a lot of people say, well, no, I'm pouring all this money into my business, so I don't have a profit. But we still need to show the growth, the stage of your business from the foundation. So let's say I'm a maker and I sell candles. Okay. And I need to put my income, I need to put together my initial income statement. What is going on there before I sell a single product? So before you sell any product, you want to establish the materials, how much materials that you have to utilize. Are you marketing? You know, are you doing social media? You know, are you paying for that? Or are you not paying for that? Are you working from home? Are you considering your internet? Are you considering your telephone? All these little things that we kind of like not take consideration. Are you tracking your mileage also too? Because that's a, a big part because you're so excited. You're going to the store, you're buying stuff. Are you buying stuff on Amazon? You know, the list goes on and on in reference to what you want to do. So you want to capture all your expense. Now, even you're, you haven't bought the product yet, you're doing research. Does that research cost money? Are you calculating that? Because that's also something that you can take advantage of also when it comes to considering your, your profits and your expenses. Now, one thing that is a touchy subject for early stage small business owners is obviously salary, right? Most business owners aren't comping themselves. Is that something that they need to put on the income statement as well? So depending on what kind of entity you are, so say like if you're just a sole proprietor or an LLC, one single individual member, I would always encourage pay yourself first. And the reason why you want to pay yourself yourself first, because you don't want to be that disgruntled employee where you just get frustrated, burned out, and you just kind of like forget about your dreams and you you crash and burn. So if you set a goal, even if it's a dollar or $10, you can see the growth. You're pushing towards something great. And you have to be so careful because a lot of people, even myself included, when you start a, you start your business, it becomes your baby. You get, you get to the point where you're obsessed of it and you don't realize the things that you need to do for your business to grow. Understood. So paying yourself is one tool that you could help get to that next stage. So just put it on there, even if it's 50 cents, just so you're tracking <laughs> that your time yes. is not free. Yes. Because think about it, would you work for another company over all this, all the tasks, all the duties that you're doing for free? Most likely not, you won't. So why would you do that for yourself? All right. And we'll have some templates for you all also on each of these. Okay. So we have the income statement. What's the next statement? The balance sheet. So 
people are like, what is the balance sheet? So it's a picture of your financial health, knowing what not only it gives your your income, but it, all your liabilities that have come out. So I have seen a lot of small business owners where they'll get a credit card and they'll just start go crazy and start charging stuff. Could be good or bad, but having that picture on there will help you know how healthy your business is. Do you need to pivot? Do you need to make some adjustments? Even just starting out. What's two things? Why do you emphasize creating the income statement slash profit and loss statement first as opposed to the balance sheets? And then how do they differ from one another? So the income, the income and profit, profit and loss statement is a picture of your overall business. You know, that's, that is like the first thing a bank, a loan, grant, investors, they will always ask, can I see your profit and loss? But then the balance sheet is a picture of the health of your business. The profit and loss, profit and loss statement can be very nice. You could be like, oh my gosh, I'm making like 10,000, 5,000 profit. But the balance sheet is going to let us know, do you owe anything? Do you have any liabilities? Do you have any outstanding account receivables or account, you know, payables? That would let us know if that's truly if your business is really healthy. So think of it as the balance sheet is the health. It captures the health of, the, of your business. The profit and loss statement is actually shown as how you are your day-to-day when it comes to your business. So let's use our candle making company as an example. Okay. So what would be on that balance sheet? So the balance sheet would be Again, so you're going to talk, it's going to be your liability that's going to be on there. So my insurance, right? My liability insurance. No, when I, say li- when I say liability, I'm talking about in reference to like if you owe anything. Like if you have any loans, credit cards, outstanding, payable bills, anything like that, that would be on there. So think of it, your debt. If you have any debt, it will be on there, your balance sheet. And then your asset. So if you have, okay, so your candle, maybe you have this equipment to make your candles or you have a property that's going to be on your balance sheet. So it's going to take your overall, like your assets and your liabilities and kind of see which, you know, how it measure out with it. And then what about owner's equity? Right. So I'm like, okay, I want to start this candle business. I go borrow $10,000 from my friends and family, or I take out a micro loan from a CDFI and that goes on the balance sheet as well. That is correct. That is correct. It does go on your balance sheet because at the end of the day, you want to see the health. I I can't even stress this. So the health. So you could, and I have seen this where people raise funds and they have all the equity loans, they have the investments, but but at the end of the day, what is your asset of the company? So that's, that is why it's so important that you be able to see the health of the business. Because if you only have grants equity loans, investments, but you don't have like a true asset picture of it, that's showing where you need to grow in or you need to make some adjustments. So I need to take that 30,000 foot view is what you're saying the balance sheet is. And it's letting me know because for, you know, more growth stage businesses, when they're getting ready to sell their business, right? People need to know this stuff of like, okay, how much equity, how much did the owner put in? 
how much debt is there you know how's how much is all that as opposed to just like the tactical and that's what it sounds like the profit and loss statement is right that is correct so i don't want to confuse our people when we say income statement it's a synonymous with profit and loss statement so they're interchangeable i know that was something that was confusing to me early on but we're just referencing that okay so we got our profit and loss slash income statement Okay, we've got a balance sheet that's consolidating all our debts. It's letting us know the overall health of the business of the venture. Next is the statement of cash flow. What goes on that? Cash flow. So that I always like to say that is your money making target because you want to see your day to day cash flow. So you a candle business. So I purchase maybe $500 in supplies, material for my candle. And so that is, I spend $500 on my expenses for this month, but I only brought in a thousand. So then I know that I only, that I have this excess of 500, but then that's just this month. But then next month I have, I brought in 2000 in income, but then my, cause I had more sales. So that means Sometimes, not all the time, but my expense went up. So maybe it's three thousand. So do I really have a you know a positive cash flow? So that that is so important because that way it allows you to know say, okay, am I spending too much, or is there any area in my business where I need to make some adjustments that's going to help me, or is it another thing that I need to do to scale it so I could bringing the more cash flow. And it also, the cash flow is a great tool to help you not only growing your business, but also to see, okay, this is where I need to make some adjustment because this season, this quarter is growing or not growing. And then it'll help you to make any adjustments for the next quarter or the next month. So that's why a cash flow is so important because you need to know how's your money coming in and out each month, each day. One of the things that I'm, I'll be honest with y'all, right? There's a lot of y'all listening that we manage our cash flow by just checking our bank account at least 10 times a day, right? So that's the art and science of it, right? We know how much we have, right? But then once you start investing in coaching, you start working with people like Nisla, then you start to get a little bit more strategic, right? Because now you can start thinking about, okay, I might not necessarily have the cash flow today to purchase this piece of equipment, but if I keep going at the current rate, I'll be able to get it three months from now, right? So now you start to get a little bit more strategic, right? Especially as you start bringing on team members, right? You start actually taking a real salary for yourself. You need to understand, like, how much cash do you have on hand? How much cash do you have that you're going to be able to deploy three months from now, six months from now, you know, a year from now? That's what we're starting to get to. So we're starting to get out of that little kind of scrappy, kind of hustler phase to really being a business owner and thinking strategically about how you're going to deploy your capital. But you can't do that if you're not two to three steps ahead. And that's what that statement of cash flow allows you to do. Right. And you, and you hit it on the market. One of the things as an entrepreneur, you have to tell yourself that I'm in business. Because when you're in business, you got to treat everything that you do as a business, not a hobby, not a, I'm grinding or this is my second win. You know, nothing wrong with that. But I'm just at the end of the day, you have to treat it as a business because 
people are going to be depending on you. And then we want to see your business to be successful. And the only way you do that is by having these forms in place and having help to do it. Does it matter what kind of business you have? So like we referenced the candle company as an example, but I know we have a lot of listeners. Some might be wanting to start their own, you know, notary firm, or maybe Mm -hmm. they want to launch a podcast and figure out a way to monetize that. I mean, you've seen the full spectrum, both within the bunker and your own work outside of it as well. No, it's, it, it doesn't matter what type of business you have. It can be from the candle maker. It could be a service job or it could be IT. It's so varied when it comes to the key thing is to have that foundation in place because it's going to help you be established and to be successful in your business. But Nisla, I got to, you know, I'm a full time. I work a full time job. I got like three kids, right? I'm I'm making the candles myself. I got to order the equipment. I got to do all this other stuff. Now you're telling me I got to put all these documents together. I still haven't validated my business model. It's so overwhelming. And you're telling me I got to prioritize this? Yeah, you got to do it. So so this so prime example, if it becomes overwhelming, you get help. No one expects you to do this on your own. So the key thing is to get help. And how that help look like, it can start very small. And I know when you start in a business, it becomes overwhelming because you want to do everything, but then it takes apart from where you want to actually be in your business, which is candle making or providing that amazing service. But at the end of the day, you have to establish these foundations because if you don't, you won't be in compliance with not only with federal, but with your state also too. One of the things I see in my, my profession where people tend to not do is they don't register their business. They just go and start out and they, they don't register their business and they start doing things that, that would get them in trouble. So I always say establish this foundation. It may seem boring, but it's going to help you in the long run so that way you could be effective. Stay beyond the five-year five year cut that most business fail. So the thing is set the foundation now. You and I participated in multiple entrepreneurial programs. You know, we love and are very appreciative of the bunker. You and I also know that a lot of these programs tend to focus on more startups than traditional small businesses. Um, And a lot of the frameworks still apply. But I'm just talking about the traditional value prop. Problem, solution, go to market, yada, yada, yada. We never talk about this stuff. So where in this process, right? So I have an idea for this company, the candle making. I do my little business model canvas, right? Bunker Labs tells me I need to put a pitch deck together. At what phase am I doing the three statements? The three statements? Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. The financial statements. So at what point in this process? Hmm, that's a good question. So, so let's backtrack first. So you have an idea and you're doing a pitch deck and all that good, all that great stuff. And are you at to the point where you have a name for your business? Got a you know name for my business. It's and up you know on the what, deck. and you know what time, you know what type of business you want to have. It's going to be LLC, whatever. I would say before you even get as far as soliciting and marketing, establish your the framework, and the framework consists of registering your business. That is a must because with that, you could go and do pitch deck. You could go ahead and 
do presentations, you could do to listen, you could everything. But if you don't have that registration to people say, oh, this business is legit, they're registered with the state, they're registered with the federal, they're just going to look at you and say, okay, you still, you still wishing, you still dreaming. So establish that first. And then even though you don't have the money in place, get a software. There's so many software out there. There's QuickBooks into it. There's so many software out there where you could just establish, okay, I'm going to connect myself with a business account, connect it. And then when the money comes in, you're ready. Don't wait until the money comes and then you're not ready. Establish it now. So that way you have these things in place. So that way when it comes, you are ready. All right. So Nissa, I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right. And this okay. is one of my conundrums, you know, as a ecosystem builder in this space. All right. You and I both know a lot of veterans and military spouses, they transition out of the military or they move to a new location. They get connected with our ecosystem and they say, I want to start a business before they've even validated their business model. Right. So we go ahead and put the little logo up on our LinkedIn and our social channels. We tell everyone and then we don't even have any customers. Right. We haven't gone through bunker training or anything. And so that's why I was asking that question, because in my mind, I think there does need to be like, okay, do I have a legitimate business plan, model, whatever you want to call it, all right? And before you spend all this time doing a bunch of activities, before you validate the business model, right, I think that's the starting point. I think you got to validate first, even if it's just one sale or two or something, especially if it's your first venture, right? So you get the little, you know, you know, problem, solution, yada, 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 get some little materials, see if you can sell like one or two things. And then when you make the decision that, hey, I think this is something, right? I want to go all in on it, you know, go ahead and potentially register that business right. or register an umbrella thing that will allow you to try a bunch of different things until you figure out which one. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't want to, you get so excited. I have seen this. People come to me because I do representation where they come to me and they have been established with a business for years or months. And they're not registered. And then not being registered with the state, they can lock you down. You could get fined. You could, I mean, you could not only get fined, you get paid tax. You know, I haven't seen anybody go to jail, but they'll shut you down. So establishing that first, like you said, okay, yes, you, you got an idea. It's working. Like you said, you know, someone bought a product. You're like, oh my God, this could work. So then at the end of the day, you're like, okay, what type of business is this going to be? Is this going to, I always suggest like, if you don't know what structure you want to do it, just structure it as a sole proprietor. You could register that with your county. Just register with the county. Say, I'm going to be doing business as the candle maker of the world. So that's what you establish. And then as you grow, you're like, okay, this is more than me. Then you go to another stage, a different type of entity. But the key thing is you want to have the foundation of this first. That way, when it's time to do your pitch, when it's time to get investors, when it's time to get those loans, everything is in place. It's like one of those things people always want to pass go. You got to stop here first before you could grow and excel. All right. So we test the idea. We validate it. It's a serious thing. Okay. We register the business. We build out our three statements, right? Yes. The three statements. All right. So now we're off to the races. We're in the fight, right? We're hustling. We're getting in Ubers. 
We're putting our little table in the back. You know, we're going to pop-ups and stuff, et That's cetera, right. et cetera. Going those we're rolling, right? And then we have this great, you know, this great weekend where we make like $5,000. But after Ooh, all awesome. of our expenses and everything, we get home and we still can't pay ourselves. And Ooh. so one of the things I wanted to talk with you about that I put on our, our sheet, right, because we got a little script, was yes. Mike Michalowicz has rolled out this profit-first mentality of yes, making sure it. you're 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 paying yourselves as entrepreneurs, right? What is why is that so important? Oh gosh. It, it's it's so important to pay yourself first because you are you're the core of the business. Just think of it as that. Um, I know a lot of people say they want to put more into their business, but it's just like going on a plane when they tell you to put that parent, you know, put the the mask on first and then you help your loved one. It's the same thing. If you're not healthy, your business is not healthy. If you're not growing and you're not flourishing, your business is not going to flourish. Now, I know people take a cut and say, you know what, I'm not going to take a salary this year. Well, I would just encourage, just like we discussed earlier, a dollar. And you're probably saying, why? I need that dollar. Well, then that, that should motivate you to say, okay, if I need that dollar, what's some areas that I need to? not have or cut back. Now I know in business everything is like shiny and it looks so good and you want to get it because it's the brand new and you see this this is working for someone else but at the end of the day if you are not being taken care of your business is not going to be taken care of and that's why it's so important to pay yourself first even if it's a dollar or 50 cents like you said earlier. <laughs> so I, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is, you know, Mike McCallowitz is kind of anti the traditional way of doing accounting yes, he because he yes, says he it doesn't serve the traditional small business owners that we're talking about on this podcast. What does he mean by that? The the profit you said the profit first is not serving the traditional financial the way we oh, traditionally do okay, accounting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely because the way. The traditional is that how you pay everyone else and you don't get paid, you get paid last. No one wants to get paid last. So change the script on that. Like if you motivate yourself and say, okay, you pay yourself. Now I'm not saying where your salary or yourself, you pay yourself a thousand dollars and then you're not paying your, you know, your debts or your responsibility. We're saying is that basically paying yourself first will ensure that you're, you know, you're stepping ahead of your business. And it also allows you to position yourself down the line to actually not be in the business, but actually be an overseer, a business owner. A lot of people don't realize this, you know, they're doing the grinding, like you had said earlier, or they're working hard in, in the business that it, it by paying yourself could give you a way out to hire someone. And then not only that, you don't have to be in the business. You could just oversee it. You have managers, you have employees. So it gets you to be consistent even in the little things that you start. One of the things about this is you think about it, it's like habits, right? You're just trying to build positive habits into your business. No difference than, hey, you get $100, you know, you put $30 away in savings or something, right? That's what he's talking about with this Profit First. And he has a whole system on it. I strongly encourage you to check out his book, Profit First. He's got Profit First for MBEs, Minority Business Enterprises now, by another author. They've got Profit First for landscape owners. I mean, he's got the whole kind of spectrum, but I do want you all to check it out as a guide and a resource. Um, another thing that we're talking about, Nisla, is 
don't try to solve this stuff on your own. And one of the things we know is you've got to build your financial A-team. Like business owners, you need an A-team in general. you got to have your go-to people when you find yourselves in a crutch or just staying on the offense, right? What does a financial A-team look like for a small business owner? Uh, you could have a mentor. You can have an advisor. So an advisor. You're, you want to have your financial specialist. It could be an accountant. It could be a bookkeeper, depending on what stage you are. CFO. So it just really depends on what you want to do. So you want to be able to have somebody who's going to help and lead you to your success in your business and let you know, hey, you, hey, I think you need to pivot or I think you need to do this. A business coach also too. And when you get a business coach, you want to be able to have that business coach that's in your field or who is aware of what's what it looks like in your field. Because each you know, each business coach, each business is different. And you want to make sure that you have the one that's going to benefit you. What's the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper? Okay. So a bookkeeper is the, is the individual that will actually manage your books. They would reconcile your books for you. They'll give you, they could give you statements, your profit and loss statements, your bank, your balance statement, balance sheet statement. So they'll consolidate everything. They'll make sure everything is lined up. They'll make sure that all transaction is coded correctly. And so that's what a bookkeeper does. And an accountant, depending on the accountant, they can analyze your books for you. They could do protect forecasting. They could do forecasting. They could do the cash statement like we talked about earlier. They could break down your profit and loss statement, they get the balance sheet. So they could do a little bit forecast. And they, there's so many things in reference to the accounting. And then also with myself, a tax accountant. So they could do that. They could tell you about your tax advantages month to month. So it just varies on what level you are in your business. At what point should we get an accountant slash bookkeeper? I would say you get an accountant when you exhaust the bookkeeping stage where you're growing. And you want to know more about how to expand because everybody wants to grow. So in order to grow, you need somebody who's going to be, who's going to do the detail, the analyzing for you and help you save money and help you save money and make money. And I believe that's when you should get an accountant. One of the things I know too, a good accountant will actually position themselves to grow with you. So some of them yes. will have entry level offerings, right? Where it's $150 a month or something. And it'll scale up gradually with you. But I know it's been a game changer for me when I put myself on salary, you know, when I put myself on salary, you know, got the account in and we've kind of grown together. You know, I've had the same account for Ironbound Media and Ironbound Boxing for like five years. Awesome. That is awesome. So how much do you think people should budget when they start thinking about these account and bookkeeping services? How much cash do they need to be able to afford it? So I know my guy was $150, um, and I know some, you know, are getting a little bit more pricier, but just realistically, how much do you think these entrepreneurs should set aside for these services? For just a basic, yeah. when I say bookkeeping, I would say if they could do maybe $200 because, it, you know, because not only you have to purchase the software, but then you have to account for the services that they're going to provide. Now... If you are tech savvy, there are a lot of bookkeeping services where they will show you 
what to do. And then, then you just maintain it. And then they could do like a check-in. So there's so many ways of to, to ensure that your books are in order. So there's no reason why you couldn't do it unless you don't want to do it. Yeah. And, and, our- it, and it doesn't have to cost a lot. So you could start off where you're going to set up. Maybe the setup is maybe $500 or less. And then once you set it up and they show you exactly what needs to be done, and then you just maintain it yourself. And then you could even do it quarterly where you could come in and they could charge you like 175. So they could just check and they say, okay, this is what needs to be done and you could do it. So it just varies depending on the type of business you have. Love it. So as we wrap up with this part of the series, Nisla, is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to leave our listeners with? Any kind of takeaways you want them to think about as they continue to build their businesses? One takeaway I would like to share with our listeners is that laying the foundation may be boring, but it's necessary. If you establish the bookkeeping and registering your business and making sure that you're complying with the federal and the state, that is going to help jumpstart you to your success because that gets everything out the way and you can basically be free to, to be and do what you need to do in your business. Another thing I think about, too, is for my example, as a maker, right? You know, you're not getting venture capital for that, right? Nobody's going to be cutting checks, you know, for you to scale, you know, 100x selling candles. So most of these small business owners, they are going to have to go to a bank, right? Maybe they get a micro loan or something. And in order to do that, you do got to have your papers in order. And know there's a saying that goes, you know, when your white paper's right, i.e., your financial statements, your tax returns, et cetera, the green paper flows. And so this is how you set your found, set that foundation to set you up for success in the future. That is correct. And you're right. You, you touched on this and we didn't talk about this. Yes. One of the things you do want to have is your tax return because I know a lot of financial institutions, they look for three years. If you've been in business for three years, they want to make sure that your tax return has been completed. And a lot of people kind of shy away, like, well, I didn't make any money. Well, you still need to establish that in writing, even if you didn't make money, because they want to see how you're growing and how the business. And a lot of times they're not looking at the, the profit. They're looking to see how your expenses are. Well, Nisla, I appreciate you again being with us today. Let our listeners know how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you and work with your company should they have some follow-on questions or need some assistance setting up their own accounting and financial services. Thank you so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure being on, on here with you. If anybody want to reach out to me, you can reach me at chooselovesolutions.com and that is chooselovesolutions.com and I will be glad to help and assist you with any questions or concerns you may have to help you establishing your business to success. I'll be sure to include a link to your website in our show notes. And for all our listeners, do me a favor and be sure to subscribe to this series on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. And please, please help us get the word out. You know, Nisla's time is worth $10,000 a minute. And she's given us, you know, almost just over 30 minutes today to help you all get your financial statements in order. But we need to get the word out about this series to help other veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses in the early stages of starting and growing their businesses. So until the next episode, peace, love, have a great rest of your week. 
Here at The Bunker, we realize everyone doesn't have a strong financial background. So to help ease the burden of your entrepreneurial journey, we've partnered with Intuit, the global technology platform that helps business owners of all shapes and sizes to achieve financial confidence. To learn more about their suite of products serving small business owners like yourself, visit Intuit.com. Be sure to also visit BunkerLabs.org to learn more about all the amazing programs and support the Bunker community is providing veterans and military spouses. 